If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. This is the BSN Broncos podcast. Harness the force, young Padawan. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. The Broncos are back again. Taking you beyond the field and inside the locker room. My quarterback's like my wife, you touch her and then you're in trouble. I just have um, one comment. Von Miller must be in a lot of trouble with him because he's been touching the quarterbacks all game. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Koningsberg and Zach Stevens. Son, you know trees don't grow in the shade. So many analogies. Welcome, welcome, welcome into this Friday edition of Football Friday edition, a game Winning Drive Friday Football Edition. A Juwan Winfrey, Brett Rippon, Vic Fangio Special Football Edition to the BSN Broncos Podcast. I'm your host today, Zach Stevens, rolling with my main man, Andre Simone, as Ryan is out in Canton, uh, just just soaking in the Hall of Fame experience. Make sure you're following him for all of your updates this weekend. And Dre, before we jump into the show, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, The Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest green solution for pickup. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right, let me welcome him in, the star of the show. (laughs) Andre oh, Simone, how you doing, my man? Oh, please. You're the you're the star. Zach Stevens, professional talker. Busted out two great pieces of content. You know, stepping on my grades a little. I might uh I might protest and not even write the grades. <laughs> In protest. So maybe, maybe I'm your best friend. Oh, actually you kind of are. The the fam loves you for it. <laughs> Um, they did not love me. I was uh, I was in preseason form for sure. Mm, yeah, it, it, Broncos offense was in preseason form last night. Except Vic Fangio's kidneys were in preseason oh form. Oh huh? my goodness! <laughs> yeah, let's let's start there. What what a message 
that he's sending to his team. You know, he he's he's taking a cool with Emmanuel Sanders, with Ron Leary, giving those guys, you know, letting those guys slowly progress through right, their injury. Right. To, and, and that's smart. I understand that. That's but when you're dealing with an Achilles or an ACL, that's not something that you rush back into. Yep. And, and and let's say, you know, those guys are taking it. So it's not because they're not tough. Right. But right. let's say someone has, you know, a little boo-boo. They're, they're hurt. My high school coach always told me, if you're injured – you can't play. If you're hurt, if you're hurt. You can play. Vic Fangio yeah. sent a strong message to all of his players, to guys playing in next week's game, to guys that are going to be playing in week 16. Uh, the Broncos hope to be battling for a playoff spot at that point. That look, if you're hurt, you're out there because you know what, Vic, battling like one of the one of the most intense pains. I mean, don't they, don't they call <laughs> yeah. it? Don't they say it's like male labor? Yeah, uh, and, much. and and he's out there now. He said medicine didn't didn't hurt his case for being out there that but was it, a funny moment <laughs> that was very like aaron Rodgers yep. post game yep, like exactly. uh, high on painkillers and, and then and he said at the end of the game he said winning is a better medicine than penicillin <laughs> which the, i mean i i might have to interrupt this pod to get mm, a t-shirt made that says <laughs> that on it uh, go to bsn denver merch for that, <laughs> that t-shirt coming soon to you uh yeah wow like I know you guys are veterans, you know, you're in your early 30s, you know, I don't want you to play hurt in the first preseason. Don't worry about me, though. I'm just <laughs> in my 60s with a kidney stone out here, coaching, having the time of his life yes. on the sideline. <laughs> yeah. Boy, um, the time of his life was probably not being had <laughs> yesterday, but I mean, come on, Vic, just the ultimate guy, nothing, nothing. If anything was going to stop him besides, you know, death, which in touch would. Hey, that's what stop us all, you know, <laughs> is a kidney stone. And first preseason game, I don't think anyone would have blamed him if he said, just keep me hooked up to this morphine drip in the hospital. Yeah. I'll be good. I'll see you guys next week. And hey, I'll still have a full preseason on the sideline. He said, no, I'm going to be out there. And boy, that just does it just speak to, to Vic himself? I mean, uh, look at the guy. He, he, you think, OK, this guy is an old school guy. That's about yeah. the most old school move you can make, and uh, you ain't kidding, bro. I'll tell you what, the toughness that he displayed on the sideline and being there translated to the field. Now, maybe you know if he wouldn't have had the kidney stone, it still would have been the exact same translation. Right, right. But Dre, I was just so impressed with the initial look at this defense, and look, yeah. I know they yep. were going up against second teamers and third teamers and fourth teamers. And fourth teamers. Uh, but at the beginning of the game, you know, second teamers, Matt Schaub, who I think anyone right now, Dre, who who would you take for if you had to start a game tomorrow in the NFL? You're going up against first teamers. Would you take Matt Schaub, Kevin Hogan, Brett Rippon, or Drew Locke? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking Matt Schaub. Easy. I'm taking Matt Schaub, too. So there's no question he was the best quarterback on the field on yesterday. The field. Right. Fair should, point. Should have been yeah. the best quarterback on the field. And Vic Fangio's second team unit comes out, and it looks like he is, he's out there with Kareem Jackson, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. And it just got me so amped for, holy cow, maybe this head coach, this defensive coordinator, is going to make an even bigger difference on the defensive side than I think anyone's really given credit to. The Vic boost right. is going to be even better because what is this going to look like when it's not Sua Cravens that, that's slamming down on a route, that it's not Horace Richardson breaking up passes, that it's not Malik Reed coming off the edges, Vaughn Miller, right. Chris Harris, right. Kareem Jackson. Man, it that 
that really got me pumped. Yeah, totally. And didn't seem like Vic was affected by not uh, having that bird's eye view from the coach's box. It's mm, a good point. Still called a good game. Yep. Uh, wasn't afraid to bring the pressure. He was like, you know what? Figure it out, second and third teamers, because we're bringing pressure. So if you block us, good for you. If you don't block us, we're going to have a field day. And they had a field day. <laughs> yes. Then gets his first pass interference challenge, mm, you know, on the record books. Yep. Yeah, uh, gotta gotta like it. Probably Vic, one of the standouts from the game. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You wrote about seven standouts. Did you mention Vic? Uh, mention the Godfather. You oh and, yeah. And I said I said maybe even the Godfather, the the actual Godfather, not Vic. The Godfather needs to change his nickname to Vic Fangio just because of how tough he was yesterday Powerful. on the sideline. Powerful. <laughs> I hope that Marlon Brando's a BSN subscriber <laughs> from uh from heaven, purgatory, or hell, wherever he may be, and. Uh, I hope he took offense to that because uh, that's that's high praise for Vic and maybe a bit of a shot at the Godfather there. So, uh, so we'll it. see. I love it, Dre. Uh, you know, no no one better to talk about than than with you. I suppose <laughs> it is my favorite movie, and uh, that's not related to my Italian uh, upbringing. So, so Dre, my that that was my first big takeaway was what everyone was talking about yesterday, mm-hmm. of course, Vic. But mm-hmm. then really how it actually. Not not the kidney stone itself had an effect, <laughs> but just just the impact and future impact that Vic had. What was your biggest takeaway? What would you love to see? Draymond Jones. Woo! Woo! And really quick, I'm going to jump in. If you turned the game off at halftime, first off, congratulations. I envy you. Oh, Great yeah. Call because Big you, time. Because you missed, you missed two things in my mind. Yeah. You missed the Juwan Winfrey catch yeah. at the end of the game. Game winner, amazing catch. Uh, Brett Rippon threw it up, gave him a chance, made a great play. Yep. Uh, and But come on, you, you saw that on Instagram last night. You saw that on exactly. ESPN. You saw it when you I was going to say, so exactly. You didn't, you didn't miss right. that. Right. But you only, you only missed one other thing, really, in my mind, and, and I'll let you get it's, to it. It's Draymond. Yeah. He took over a series that really kind of changed the game. The Falcons have some momentum. And boom, bust through the hole, can't be blocked, tackle for a loss. Sets them up on third and third and long. Mm-hmm. Third and long, burst through, shaded a little more to the outside. Mm-hmm. This time hits Matt Schaub, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the the third stringer got hurt, so yep. Schaub's in the game. Yep. Boom, forces the pick, mm-hmm. which completely swung the momentum. And then I don't know if I'd ever had this feeling in a preseason game before where the Falcons are driving down, we have the lead, and I'm thinking, they got to put Draymond in. we got to close <laughs> this out. Where's Draymond? Oh, Vic, Vic knew what was up. He's, not, he's trying to get out of there with kidney stone intact and all. He went for it on fourth down to win the game already on offense. On defense, Draymond comes in, creates enough pressure, game over. Booyah. Boom. Yahtzee. Boom. Yeah. And a lot of people were saying, yeah, 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 this is a fourth-round pick, though, or a third-round pick that, uh, you know, he 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 should have been uh, doing this against better, uh, you know, the second team, the starters. Yeah. That's when he should have been doing it against. And, you know, we, you can't take anything this. And I say, what in the world are you talking about? That's That's on the coaches, and it's not on the coaches in last game. It's on the coaches if he doesn't move up the ranks after yep. that performance. Yep. Because that right there – I he hasn't he he's been solid in training camp, but to be honest, Ray, we've seen Demarcus Walker do a ton more mm-hmm. in practices, and mm-hmm. we've seen all the starters do a ton more. So it, it's not like the coaches made this mistake of putting him in in the second half of yesterday's right. game. Right. But now 
it's on the coaches. If he's not, should he be playing with the starters next week? Maybe. Right. But if he's not, I, I'm not. I'm not. You know, screaming at him. He, sure. If he's not getting a lot of snaps with the backups, then that's on the coaches. So, so anyone who wants to discount him, just stop. Stop. Hold your roll. It was. It was. I I can't even think of a player. I mean, it was J.J. Watt. Ask maybe more of a, mm. an inside guy, not necessarily Aaron Donald, but because he's you know coming from the defensive end, not not the the tackle position. But he took over the second half. He sure did. He sure did. And by here's the counterpoint to any any uh, anyone discounting Draymond Jones's effort. That final drive that I'm talking about, they're double teaming him, mm. and he's like, Nah, get off me. Mm. I'm gonna slip through these uh, this double team, and I'm still gonna create pressure. Mm. You know when that's not gonna happen in real games when he's playing with the first team, because right. no one's double teaming Draymond Jones. Trust me. Right. They've got they've got bigger fish to fry, if you know what I mean. Um, and I know you know what I mean. I know everyone listening knows knows what I mean. So uh, yeah, that was really impressive. Um, you know, of the top draft picks, you know, you could have said the same thing. Would we be saying that about Drew Locke if he had a, a good game? Like, oh well, it's just against second and third teamers. No, no. Would we be saying that about Noah Fant? No. Guys who were drafted way ahead of him. Right. And yet Draymond dominated. I mean, all you can do is, uh, you know, the old adage in scouting is don't discount a guy for something that's out of his control. Right. Evaluate him based on what was within his control. Right. And it's not in his control who he's playing against. It's in his control what he does on the field and his effort and his play. And his play and effort was really impressive. Could you imagine... If he turns in to to that nickel pass rusher this year, oh, I can imagine. Now I I certainly can. oh I can imagine. I watched this kid dominate at Ohio State when Joey Bo no Nick Bosa when Nick Bosa went out, he kind of became one of the studs on that line for Ohio State. Now mind you, still inconsistent. Uh, that's why he slipped to the third round. His combine was disappointing. Uh, Draymond's far from perfect, can be a bit of a one-trick pony sometimes, which is why he's mostly going to be a nickel pass rusher as a rookie. But it was impressive. How about this? Yeah, I can imagine. How about this as a one-trick pony? With what we saw yesterday, you take that and you add it to the the starting lineup. Or not not the starting lineup, but, you know, he's thrown in there with the starters. The defense has to focus on Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Derek Wolfe, Shelby Harris. Gotsis, Dray- throw Gotsis in there. Sure, yeah. He had, a nice and, and, per- he had a nice first drive. He did, he did. And Draymond's in there as well in, in that unit. And Vic gets to put him in the right position. Oh, yeah. Vic gets to say, okay, I know Vaughn's going to be doubled. If, if they're doubling Chubb, then we're going to get to do whatever we want with Shelby Harris, Adam Gotsis, Draymond Jones, Derek Wolf on the on the inside. Boy, yeah. I mean, the, the one-trick pony thing, that's not going to be an issue. If, right. if you're not the guy that the defense is focusing on or that the offense is focusing on, and that, that's never going to happen in a game. So I think that's a fantastic first thing to point at. Yeah. Uh, well, what what else did you like to see? Boy, I liked a lot. I was surprised by how well the corners played. That corner depth is a lot better than it looks like on paper. Yep. You know, uh, sure, Yadam has a pass deflection. Then he gets beat on a little comebacker to the sideline. Or gets beat, allows a reception, no big deal. Bosby looked good, length is there, getting involved. Horace Richardson. Yep. Oof. Yep. Trey Johnson. Yep. Which we found out is um 
Tony Dungy's former neighbor or something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that really was it. a fun little side story. <laughs> Those four corners really stood out. Yeah. And the starting O-line, which uh, starting in quotation marks because you're missing, you know, two guys who are making, uh, you know, over 20 million between the two of them yep. weren't there. Yep. That O-line looked good. Yep. It did. It did. And and that's that's what we need to talk about now is, is I give – I give a golf clap to to the offensive line to those three starters. Uh-huh. Um, Dalton Reisner, he he looked good. I I, I he wasn't yep. out there because yep. he needed to show something. He was out there just because he's a rookie. Get his feet wet. You're mm-hmm. playing two other starting offensive mm-hmm. linemen. Might as well play him, especially since he's in the middle. Great job. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, it's not like he uh, took over the game, but I was right. happy with what I saw. Right. Connor McGovern. Golf clap because you get golf claps when you hit a shot right down the middle of the fairway, yep. which is what you're supposed to do as a professional golfer. That's exactly Connor right. McGovern put it right in the fairway, oh. hit the numbers, was perfect in what the three shotgun snaps he had, the four shotgun snaps he had, mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. So he's playing right into Vic Fangio's hope of, uh, I hope Connor McGovern's a gamer. So what that means to me yeah. for Connor McGovern is okay, he's your center. When we get back on the field, the practice field on Sunday. Uh, now, am I am I saying great? He he did it. That's the guy forever. No, it, right. It's a it's right. a golf clap. It, it's not a standing ovation at the end when Tiger hits it and right. walks off and everyone's right. going nuts. No, it, it it's not. And then Garoppolo's exact same as Conor McGovern. Mm-hmm. You did what you needed to do. Now, I'm not going to discount those guys because they're going up against second stringers because. They did everything that, that they were asked to do, but I'm also not going to anoint them the answer. So I think totally. that that's the right. proper way to go. And got to give maybe a tiny bit more than a golf clap to Kevin Hogan, the guy standing mm. behind him, because, look, everyone wrote him off. Everyone wrote him off. And he came out there yesterday, and his stats – were not that impressive five for eight for like 40 yards they were not no yes they were not but you know what he had two drops and crucial if, drops if early Juwan on too. Winfrey catches the first drop which uh convert that third down get some momentum that pass that throw was on the money yep there was pressure in his face yep. it was a good throw great it job anticipating it to be mm-hmm. he did not put Juwan Winfrey in a bad position mm-hmm. it should have been caught who knows? I mean, that would have been like a 17-yard gain, yep. and then you're near midfield, and then you're rolling, and then what you saw from him in the second drive coming back from that adversity, Noah Fant drops one to start that second drive. Oh, it, no. It could, it could have totally fallen off the rails. Kevin yeah. Hogan could have said, oh, my gosh, I'm being sabotaged by <laughs> right, Rich Gangarello right. right now in this offense. He comes back, leads a great drive, a yep. fantastic drive. Uh, so I, I, I loved – what I saw from Kevin. Now, Impressive. again, am I going to say he's the backup? Name him the backup now? No, it's it's a it's a golf clap. Right. You did what not even what you were supposed to do. You exceeded expectations, but we still understand the position that you're in right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's fighting an uphill battle no matter what. But fans who haven't made it to training camp or analysts like me who are getting their training camp info from you guys. And then this is really my first time to really see everyone in action with what they've done under I Vic love, Fangio I love that and everything. You can see why he's the second stringer. Like, he's a polished NFL quarterback. He looks like he belongs. Drew Locke looked like a rookie who's playing 
his first taste of NFL action on August 1st. Exactly. Which is, frankly, an absurd day to be <laughs> playing a football game. But, hey, we were all in preseason form. That's just fine. Um, so, yeah, that was nice. Back to the O-line. That pressure on third down, that was Connor McGovern. Let's uh, yep. let's do a, a better yep. job anchoring and holding your ground there. Yep. We know that Connor's maybe the strongest guy in that entire locker room. Yep. Uh, holds some impressive records for his strength. <laughs> a little better on that anchor, yep. Connor. But, yes, the snaps were good. The one starter you didn't mention, who's not really a starter, Elijah Wilkinson, played more snaps than Bulls, Risner, McGovern. Yep. Thought he played really well. Looked really solid in pass pro. Created some push. In the run game, Don Barkley was a nice little uh, right guard next to him. I was impressed by his effort, too, (laughs) Um, though he allowed a pressure as well. So, yeah, from that first unit, it was far from spectacular, but you liked what you saw from what's perceived to be the two weak spots. Exactly. So you like what you see from the O-line and quarterback. So that's encouraging. Exactly. It is encouraging. Now, let's let we got to talk about Drew. And mm-hmm. uh, and and I think we can we can group uh, a couple of these guys, Drew, Noah Fant, uh, yep. and and some other young guys, specifically those two rookies. Though, in my mind, they can be grouped in the exact same position. They looked, you said it earlier, they looked like rookies making their NFL debut on August first. And you know what? That's perfectly okay. Am I down on Drew? Although I wrote he yet last night I wrote that he was you know an unanswered question mark or, or something that yeah, something right. that needed to still be looked at and there was room for improvement. No, I'm not down on him. I fully expected Drew to look like that. And look, when, when you take a step back, seven for eleven, I was shocked to see that he was seven for eleven. That's for, actually kind of surprising for a team high sixty three and a half percent completion percent. That blew my mind. Yeah. That, that I I thought he like had two passes completed in the game and I and I watched the whole thing. Fair, right. And, and it just it just didn't feel that way. But that makes me feel like, okay, it it wasn't nearly as bad because he he was still getting the easy stuff. It, it's not like he was yeah. totally off. Yeah. Uh, he had two overthrows which could have absolutely flipped the game on its head. Yep. The the game, the outlook on Drew Locke, the stat line at the end, and Chris Collinsworth simply put the first overthrow on Noah Fant. He said multiple different reasons of why. One of them, he said Noah Fant had training camp legs. Call, I love that you're bringing this up. Calling him slow. <laughs> uh, said that the ball was in the right position for a guy who runs a four five forty. Yep. Uh, really put it all on Noah Fant. What what if what if that's true and Noah Fant catches that yep. and runs and it's a perfect ball from Drew Locke. Well, and if he puts it behind. That's into double coverage, and it's a dangerous pass. Right. Instead, he's leading him where he's expecting his 4-5 tight end to go get it. Yep. A little off. Hey, this is going to happen. I mean, how many reps have those guys been able to have together so right. far? Right. Not not many. You know, and that's what stood out is he was making the right decisions most of the time. Yep. Exactly. He, he had one uh, should have been interception. That, mm-hmm. that that was dropped by the Falcons. But then what I loved was wasn't that his first pass was was deep to Noah Fant? It was I it, it was his first, first or second. Deep shot was Mo- to Mohammed no, on I, that streaker I, outside. Okay. No, I, I know the first deep okay. one was to Fant, but what I loved was that he didn't get gun shy. And he totally. didn't say, Okay, yep. I'm I'm playing it safe. Almost threw a pick on another one. Right. I'm not gonna throw it again. And then he tried again to Muhammad on the right side and, and overthrew him. And and like you said, 
That's the best. If it's going to be incomplete, that's the best way yep. on, on a deep pass. And just making the right reads. The ball's going to the to the right guys. The accuracy just wasn't pinpoint. Mm-hmm. He's one of those where it just needed like a recalibration of like an inch. Yep. And then everything would have been on the money. Yep. Now, pinpoint accuracy wasn't there. Ball placement was off on most of the throws. Put it in the right vicinity. You'd like more pocket presence. You'd like for him to avoid some of the dumb hits that he took, right? It's <laughs> it's August 1st. I don't want to see the, the future of the franchise taking some of those Scrambling hits. Scrambling and then not going down in time. Right. No um, way. So, you know, it it was a raw game, but the maybe the most important part, which was the decision-making, was there. And it, that's a positive sign to be taken from all this. Yeah, exactly. And, and at the end, he uh, just looked frazzled in the pocket just just looked like Fair. he was playing his first game he tucked the ball you know he was looking around and then tucks the ball and then runs backwards on that one play that that was entirely on him he had enough time uh yeah. worst case you tuck it and you run forward and fall forward for a, a positive yard uh, he he did the wrong thing he'll learn from that yeah. that was like the most i am a rookie quarterback making my NFL debut right now move that, that I've ever seen. And then the next one, the pocket that that wasn't necessarily his fault. The pocket collapsed around him back to back sacks. You, you never want to see that, yeah. but I'm not down on drew. I, I'm not down on drew and Noah Fant. How do you feel about him after seeing him? Very encouraged by some of the blocking I mm, saw from Noah. Fant. I like that. Very encouraged. Would he end up with one reception, one reception, officially three targets, I think it was more four or five. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Um, that nice little out to the sideline, uh, he did pick up and get to the sticks and, you know, showed some of the, the yak ability he has once he gets the ball in his hand. <laughs> the yak ability. Yak ability, baby. <laughs> I know what you're referring to, but uh, I love it when it comes out of your mouth, if <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Good yak. Oh, oh, I know what you mean. Um that's yeah. pretty good one. I didn't. I didn't even mean to do that. That drop and inability to separate deep or create more separation deep. Training camp legs might be a good way to put it. <laughs> but no, encouraged by his blocking, really. Um, yeah, it was nice to see. Uh, he really was creating some good push and just looking sound, uh, not letting guys win off his inside shoulder, which was a concern when we watched the tape at Iowa, and just staying stout, holding his ground, creating push. It. Yeah, not going to lie. It reminded me of Gronk. Am I, am I saying he's Gronk as a receiver? No. But in terms of just you look at Fant before the play, he's lined up in at tight end, and you say, okay, he's you know just going to be adequate at blocking. And then, right. and then he dominates his blockers on multiple occasions. Now, he did have a penalty, that uh, a holding call, that brought back a 23-yard game. But you know what? Guys that can't block have those holding penalties as tight ends. And then on the next play, they let a defender just blow by them and they hit the running back in the backfield. So at least we're seeing we're seeing that blocking. That gives me hope that Scangrell is going to be able to trust him and we're going to see him more as a receiver now. He's got to catch the ball. But it wasn't just him. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned yeah. Juan Winfrey, David Williams. There were too many drops, including you know Brendan Langley. What are you doing, man? It, I, I, I feel bad for him. Because to me, that just felt like he was like, got to make a play. Got to make a play, yeah. especially because Tom McMahon told these guys, you're only going to get one opportunity yeah. as, a, as a punt returner, although he totally broke that and lied to me 
when he put Nick Williams out there like three or four times, uh, which shows you how they feel about Nick Williams. But Brendan Langley, it's the end, right? Maybe one of the big losers of the game. Yeah. And I get it. You know, you press too hard. You're trying to impress. But uh, it's just not a good look. Just not a good look. No. What? What's better? Letting the ball, b- ball bounce and, you know, calling fire or whatever their emergency call is and not making a play or fumbling? You know, it's you don't even need to answer it. It's, it's a rhetorical it's, question. It's, it's yeah. very obvious. But yeah. that that's part of punt returner position. It's not just catching it every time. It's not just catching it and then being able to be explosive. It's can you make the right reads? Can right. you quarterback that punt return? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you feel uh, – I, I, I just feel for him because it, it's clear. Right. The, the writing's on the wall. Dre, do you have any other major takeaways that we need to get to? Because we're running you, a little long. You guys – killed it oh boy with the questions which we'll get to in 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 just a minute but do you have any other major takeaways how's langley look to you in camp as a receiver is he creating separation or is he just looking like the ross route runner out there he's impressed me and you know the the bar as a true receiver has been very low yeah with what to expect from a guy who's Mm -hmm. playing the position for the first time in multiple years after being a defensive back but he's impressed me with not just his deep ball ability but also as a as a route runner so i have been impressed but when you see juan winfrey really stepping up you see these other guys kelvin mcknight stepping up yeah yeah you just don't think that the space is there at least on the 53 agreed all right trey Broncos made one move before the game, which didn't spell good news for Devontae Booker in a lot of people's eyes. They did. They landed Theo Riddick. Uh, it came down between the Saints yeah. and the Broncos. Somehow, the Broncos pulled it off. He is expected to sign later this week, likely from what I'm hearing today. Uh, he is coming into Denver today. I imagine the Broncos will sign him today. What do you think? We're doing this now, huh? I like it. You know, uh, side story, we've had our our share of fun times in New Orleans. (laughs) And I'd say the Saints are a better team and a better offense than the Broncos. Mm, Better quarterback. How do you pick the Broncos over the Saints? How much of an endorsement is that for this organization? Or is it more like, look, I'm going to have a better shot here. But there's there's no Mark Ingram over there anymore. It's a really good question, Dre. Uh, when he I, left the building, I figured like, oh, okay, he's going to be a saint. Me too. Me too. That's exactly how I felt. But I have bad news, and I think this is the bad uh, part of uh, it. I don't think that the, the money may have been the same. I can almost guarantee you the Broncos offered him at least the same, if not more. Uh-huh. The money, I'm not worried about. The money's not going to be an issue. Yeah, totally. So what's the other reassurance that you can give someone to lure them to probably a, a worse coming to a worse situation that i think there's money and what else is there heightened opportunity heightened opportunity playing time yeah look bud you're gonna be you know what we're not even gonna call philip Lindsay our one we're not gonna call royce freeman our two we're not gonna call you our three you're just gonna be on the field all the time 40 percent of the time 30 percent of the time 50 percent of the time what whatever they told him right. was more than than in new orleans it was that guarantee that he's going to play. And look, I've told you guys all week, that's the only problem that I have with this potential move if if it hurts Philip Lindsay's playing time. Philip Lindsay is the playmaker on this offense. Don't limit his opportunities. 
and this is going to limit his opportunities. Now, it could limit it two snaps a game. Is that a big deal? Nope. Absolutely not. Keep him fresh. It could limit him. It could. It could limit him 15 snaps a game. If they're yeah. out there for 65 plays yeah. and Theo Riddick comes in and shows, look, I'm a much better Devontae Booker. I'm I'm way more dynamic. Mm-hmm. I need to be on the field. Now, he's going to line up everywhere, which I'll get to in a second. But he's going to take more of Phillips reps away than Royce's. When, when you put it in, in that dynamic, you know, if you want the pass mm-hmm. catcher in the backfield, mm-hmm. Royce was never an option no. for that. And no. with, with Riddick on the team, Booker's not an option either. Right. So it's between Phil and Theo. And then there, then there's a question mark there. Yeah, and yeah. and then you're taking them off. So that that's that's. Does it open up more two back sets where it's like, oh, who's gonna receive the ball? I hope so. That'd be fun. It it'd be a blast. And the other thing is, as an organization, you gotta kind of have an insurance policy for if Phil is banged up. It's fair, you know, because they truly had no alternative to Phil. It was like, well, if Phil goes down, we got nothing. Right. Exactly. And Scangarello in San Francisco last year, they rostered a lot of smaller scat back types. Yeah, they did. So I think they're not against having multiple guys spreading the love and making things happen. Exactly. They're not against it. You're 100% right. There was no featured back last year, nothing even close to it. Now, I know it was due to a lot of injuries, but still... That's what Kyle Shanahan does, and what Kyle Shanahan does is what Rich Gangarello is going to do. Uh, so, again, you add a good player. That's the only downside to it, but Theo Riddick is going to add a lot more to the offense than just a running back. He is a receiver, oh, yeah. and not just a receiver out of the backfield. You're going to see him lined up in the slot. You're going to see him lined up outside. And could the Broncos use a slot receiver right now, like a true slot receiver? Yep. Sure, a- absolutely. Uh, are you comfortable with this receiving group, look, I, I talked to uh, multiple people this week that aren't Broncos fans, but NFL fans. And they they all said to me, how's that Broncos receiving core? Yeah. I said, oh, you know, with the manual, he looks at it, and they said, that, bud, that's a bottom five receiving group in the league. Oh, yeah. And if you look at it, you know, especially without a manual, come on. It's really hard to make an argument that, no, 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 th- this group is, you know, top 10, top 15, top 20. It's really hard to make that. So, yeah. If the if Theo is to help that, right? That's that's great. Yeah, between Theo and uh Fant in the tight end room, you're hoping that right. you know, you can kind of make up for some of the lack of receiving talent. Right. Because without Emmanuel, they're not top 30. They're bottom <laughs> 2. <laughs> and the other yeah. thing is the, you know, Muhammad looked good. Devontae Jackson flashed, you know, he's got that jackrabbit type quickness. Yeah, I like that. Boy, though, how, I mean, with all due respect, like truly all due respect, that running back room does not look, you know, outside of Royce and Phil, you've got some major concerns. So adding more depth to that group, I think, was key as well. And my guess, the Broncos will have to make a roster move in order to sign Theo Riddick. In my, in my opinion, there's no need to cut Devontae Booker right now. No. It, uh, on the 90-man squad? Were you surprised he didn't play at all, though? Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Not did. even as a returner. Mm-hmm. Nothing was wasn't dressed out. I'm curious. Zero reps. I'm cu- I'm very curious why, but I'm saying bye to David Williams. He's the last guy on your depth chart. He doesn't bring anything like Devonte Jackson does. Kalafani Muhammad. 
didn't help himself at all yesterday. No, either. he didn't. And and Booker, people like to hate on Booker. He he had the best year of his career last year by far. Uh, you know, I think over yeah. five yards per carry average when he got the reps. Uh, yeah. But he's he's a guy that will be on an NFL team this year. So there's no reason to cut him over David Williams right now. Bring Theo in. Totally, those guys can compete. And then likely the move will be once you cut down to 53 that that you're moving on from Devonte. But let's say you just absolutely love what Devonte brings. Well, you keep four running backs. Is that unheard of? Absolutely no. not. No. No. No way. So that that wouldn't be crazy at all. So the Broncos upgrade their roster today by bringing in Theo Reddick. It's a good move. We'll see how it plays out. Yep. Yep. Definitely. All right, Dre. Let's like I said, let's get to you guys because you guys have talked to us like never before. But before we do that, we got to talk to you about our favorite brewery and our oh, favorite yeah. tasty beverage, and that is Breckenridge Brewery. Dre, I told you tomorrow is a true off day for the Broncos, the only true off day they've had in, in a long time, the only true off day they're going to have in a while. So I'm going to enjoy some Breckenridge Breweries. I'm going to get that damn good beer, as Ryan says, that gosh darn good beer, <laughs> <laughs> as as I'm saying right now. And come on, guys. I mean, th- th- this is the BSN of beers. Sure I mean, is. Weinster's the BSN of wines. But Breckenridge Beer, you know why it has a name? Because it was founded in Breckenridge, Colorado in 1990. And what have they done since? They've grown but stayed humble. Now the, the, their headquarters are this amazing farm uh acreage really that that is just has such a colorado feel stuff. and you know what they do they make gosh darn good beers dre for outstanding beer. Out, outstanding yeah. you, you can't go wrong with any of those beers so i going to pick up some strawberry sky you know i feel bad I've been talking craving about that all week oh yeah, yeah. you're gonna have to pick some up i'm joining you i'm definitely doing that and i feel bad talking about it because it's such a good beer and so many of our listeners are just pining for it. And I'll tell you what, Breckenridge Brewery, it, it, I mean, you. so many of you guys have hit us up asking where the Strawberry Sky is, where they can find it. But then also, you know, saying, look, I'm drinking this vanilla porter out of a shoe, as we have some listeners doing. Uh, just yeah. sending it. You guys are sending us all the pictures that, that you're buying into Breck and saying just how good it is. And Breckenridge is hearing you. They're reaching out. So make sure you're tagging them when you reach out to us, and they'll hit you back as well. It's uh, they're they're part of the community now. They're part of the BSN family. They sure are. They sure are. So and they make outstanding uh, cold snacks. Outstanding so. cold snacks. Yeah. You can't go wrong. So if you haven't got in with the BSN with the rest of the BSN family, make sure you go pick some up. Find some at your local watering hole this weekend. And and let us know. Let us know what you think. Let us know. If we haven't talked about one that you like, let us know because it is damn good beer. All right, let's get to your questions on the other side. Welcome back into the BSM Broncos podcast. Zach Stevens rolling with Andre Simone with you on this victory Friday. Thanks to Juwan Winfrey and Brett Rippon at the end of the game. And uh, let's just say you guys were excited. You guys were happy that football is back. And I got to say, I am speechless. I think all of us here at BSN Denver, not just BSN Broncos, but all of us here at BSN Denver are blown away 
by what happened since the game ended. You guys are absolutely incredible. And for those that really buy into this community, which all of you guys do, I think you're all going to be blown away by this. We have 43, 43, 43, 43 comments Shake my head from guys. you guys today. And we're going to get to them all. But we can't waste any time. So first one coming in from Broncos Sixers twelve thirty says, I think Connor McGovern's snap problems have been a huge smokescreen for how bad the Broncos have looked catching balls. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh this question came in before the game yesterday, and I think we've done a good job of telling you guys that there have been a lot of balls on the ground and Connor McGovern's snap issues as well. Well, there you go. Balls on the ground, thanks to Connor, and thanks to the wide receivers as well. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, and the game definitely was in agreement with you because the drops were one of the negative notes for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Next one coming in from Robbie says, quick question. With fantasy football in mind, where would you rank the Broncos' defense and special teams? Funny that you asked, Rob. I was actually uh, on a podcast hit earlier for a big fantasy, uh, national fantasy perspective, and that's one of my big takeaways is, this Broncos defense is going to be fantastic in terms of a fantasy perspective. They're not going to give up a lot of points. Yeah. They're going to create a ton of sacks and they're going to create a lot of turnovers. So the one pretty, question pretty marks the special teams, huh? Yeah. And that's because you don't get the kicker points. You get the returner returner points. I mean, Nick Williams kind of look like the best guy back All there. All in on Nick Williams. And that's, huh? I think I think Nick Williams is just a good representation of what the return game is going to look like. It's going to be pretty vanilla. It's going to be it's going to be catching the ball. It's going to be getting seven yards after a punt. So it's going to be your fantasy points are built on the defense, and I like the defense. Fair, good point. Next one coming in from DP thirty one zero seven. He says, "Hey guys, new subscriber." Trying to get my Denver sports fix out here in Kansas City. Great work in training camp. Look at this. DP3107 comes in with probably the best comment we've ever had. It's telling us <laughs> he's a new subscriber. He's in with us, even in enemy territory. And keeps it nice and short while giving us some credit, pumping us up. We're so happy to have you on board. And there, there's a growing contingent of you guys out in kc we're, we're gonna have KC. to create something for you guys with drew lock too Fo mm. follow us follow us chiefs fans follow mm. us to uh on the drew lock uh, train oh yeah. yeah oh yeah next one coming in from uh low ready did i get that right all right yeah he I says hey did. guys great news new subscriber here i grew up in northern utah so i have always been drawn to the state on the other side of the mountains this is when I, my love for the broncos started the quality of work and family that, like culture at BSN, convinced me to sign up. I also wanted to do my part to make sure you two don't go hungry. Well, today mm -hmm. you're helping Andre not go hungry either. That's right. I wanted to comment to give your merch department a shout out. I made the mistake of ordering my shirt in a size that was way too small for me and didn't notice till I got the email saying it shipped. I quickly emailed the merch department and they were awesome about getting a size appropriate shirt ready for shipment out to me, even though it was totally my fault for not paying attention to the size when I originally ordered. The quick and friendly response and the willingness to send another shirt out really says a lot and further cemented how positive I view BSN. Keep up the great work and as always, go Broncos. Man, I, I love hearing that and and I that story doesn't surprise me one bit. We have such an awesome community with you guys and outward, but inward it's a family it's a community and you know I, I i trust everyone here and i would expect 
nothing else but but that type of customer service here. But I love that you reached out and it meant so much to you that that you told us that because you know we are a boots on the ground. Yeah, you know we're we're, we're a yeah. startup, and so we value our customers, and, and that's what you we're bet. built on. No outsourcing anything out here. We're doing it all in house, and we're taking. <laughs> maximum care of you every I'll, every chance we get Absolutely. i'll make i'll definitely make sure to pass that on to the merch department as well you know it <laughs> next one coming in from not philip Lindsay says hey guys i remember back in otas you guys had a podcast about linebacker joe Deneen. whatever happened to him do you think he'll take that most do you think he'll take most of the snaps in yesterday's game or will that honor go to jones watson jeweler hollins well thankfully since you commented before the podcast i know the future yeah, uh, according to this, this and no, Joe Deneen will not be a major part of the game plan in terms of like, you know, the starters, second team. Yeah. Uh, Joe Deneen had maybe like the most or second most hype of any undrafted guy coming in. He hasn't done much. And maybe it's hard because in, in, as buried. a middle linebacker, yeah, yeah. You're, you're buried on the depth chart. He hasn't gotten really any reps with the first team when this would be his opportunity right. with Todd Davis out and they're rotating everyone except for Joe Deneen. Yeah, Alexander Johnson looked better um, than Joe Deneen. He got more snaps. I know you mentioned Josh Watson. But Joe Deneen, old 53, he uh, he had a couple flash plays out there yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I thought Hollins played pretty well, like low-key played uh, quietly a nice game yesterday. From the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did some things outside, you know. Didn't maybe create some pressure, but had a nice uh, run stop playing solid defense out on the edge, and uh, did some things. Old 52 looked uh, real natural there. Mm. Natural and reliable, which is what you want. That's yep. kind of as advertised. So. E- exactly. And when, when he's out there at inside linebacker, I'm not I'm not worried, which is impressive for a guy that that's just learning the position. All right, next one coming in from... Swillmon15. I think I think you got it. It tripped me up. Swile, I'll, Swill. I'll, I'll let you take it. I'll, I'll read it. Hey, guys, I've listened to the BSN Broncos pod from up in Montana since last preseason, but I finally subscribed. Hey. Ayo. Really interested to see how the Rocks play. Oh, how the Rooks play in the <laughs> Hall of Fame game. Looking forward to the Friday pod. Well, I hope, hope the Friday go. pod is delivered. Welcome to the family. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Rooks, we kind of went over that. And I just mentioned Justin Hollins too. Yep, e- exactly. So we're so happy to have you rolling with us, and Big thanks time. for thanks for not being a Matt or a Jake anymore. All right. Or thanks for being a Matt and a Jake by by subscribing. There you go. <laughs> Next one coming in from Broncos Born Broncos Bread Bread says, "Yo, just wanted to clarify my comment on the last pod. When I say lazy, I mean that in the term." committee it is just an nfl cliche and was completely misused seeing his opinion as a lazy opinion okay he's talking about the jeff legwald where you called him lazy for that and you broncos born broncos bread we weren't offended you don't you don't have you don't have to worry we just have to we just had to defend our guy um he goes on to say today's sports culture seems to be a constant who has the better take and when y'all don't disagree with someone someone's take you simply just disagree without attacking anything about them some might say it's as refreshing as colorado's water i like that i like that a lot ryan would appreciate that as well uh we we appreciate you clarifying that bronco born bronco bread but i mean just like just like we tell you guys if we ever you know joke around with something you say or, or disagree 
with something you say. It's because we, we, we think you guys are our friends and, and we really feel that way. So we treat you like our friends. And I, I could pull up any conversation that I have uh, about sports going on with friends in my phone right now. And I pretty much disagree with everything they, they say, but you know what? It we're friends. So it, it's friendly and no one takes it seriously. So if you guys ever disagree with us, don't worry. We're not taking it. Yeah, we're, totally. we're not taking it to our hearts. Totally. Unless you say anything about Breck beer, oh. Weinster, yep. or BSN. But hey, anything there about sports, br- bring on the disagreement. Next one coming in from Big Al 80 says, if the Broncos had a basketball team, who would the starting five be? Well, Drew Locke's probably in my backcourt because <laughs> yep. yep. that guy's a sniper. Yep. Um, I think I'd like to go with some size and athleticism. So I got Garrett Bowles and Noah Fant on there. Okay, I like Noah Fant. I, I'm leaving Garrett Bowles out, but I'm taking Fant. Who are my wings is the question. Mm. Emmanuel Sanders, eh, is he athletic enough? You know who I'd like is Tim Patrick on my wing. Ooh, that's a good one. What about Juwan Winfrey after he showed yeah. his ability to go up and get it? Definitely Some nice Juwan. concentration. Definitely Juwan. So I got Drew Locke running the show. I got my big man down low and uh, Bulls and Fant, and then I've got some... Some athleticism, ball skills on the wing with uh, with Winfrey and uh, whoever else I said I've forgotten already. <laughs> Is it a surprise that you're sticking to all offense? No, I suppose probably it's sh- not. Probably shouldn't be, right? Maybe, yeah, I guess <laughs> maybe I should have like Von Miller in there, huh? Maybe he'd be a good wing. Uh, no, you don't think I'm so? Not, I'm not quite sure. You know who I'll go? I'll replace Garrett Bowles with Justin Hollins. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, just, I mean, he he's an athlete. That's a good one. Lengthy. After yesterday, tall. I almost want to stick Draymond Jones in there. Oh, you wouldn't be wrong going there. Yeah, I guess. That's a that's a fun random one on this very action-packed day. Next one coming in from Kenneth the Page says, While I find the idea of Fangio in the box on game days intriguing, one issue and question came to mind. Is anyone allowed to throw a challenge flag? <laughs> is there a rule that specifies who is or isn't allowed to challenge a play? Never really thought about it because the head coach was all has always been on the sideline. But if Fangio was in the box for the game, would Munchek or Donatello be allowed to throw it on his behalf? Yeah, that'd be weird because obviously, in you know, if like the coach got ejected, then the interim or whoever's taking over could throw the flag because obviously they become the de facto head coach, right? But, yeah, I don't know if the coach is not ejected, if that'd be possible. What made me laugh was thinking of Fanjo throwing a challenge flag from the booth. <laughs> it's like this grumpy old man like throwing a piece of uh, just red red flag out there. So would he either have John come in the booth to, to throw it with his cannon, or would he have one of those uh, like shirt guns? Oh, you're thinking like a shirt gun. Yeah. Wow, that would be unbelievable. <laughs> Please, NFL, make this happen. Especially with Fangio. He has the glasses on on the sideline. You know he'd have him on in the booth, and he he's lining it up. And what, what does he do? Does he try to shoot it like a, a foot away from the ref? He's like aiming for the ref's head. He's <laughs> just going after dudes. Uh, that's a good question. We'll we'll have to look into yeah, that some I'll, more. Yeah, I'll definitely look into that. Excuse me, the next few days and come back with an answer for you. But my guess would be that yes, someone else could throw the flag. You gonna get this novel, I s- Dre? I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Nate the Great or N Eight the Great. Uh, yeah, you what's got up, it. guys? 
Let's talk about tattoos. Wow. Okay. <laughs> my first tattoo was the current Bronco logo on my right calf. I got this to match my dad. Nice. Some of my best memories growing up are at Broncos games or watching them at home with my dad. Awesome. I'm just finding the joy of doing that with my daughter, and I can yep. I can share that. I um, can definitely relate with my dad. Yeah, big time. He has some great Broncos stories. My first parent, uh, yeah, my first parents got voted on as the biggest Broncos fans in Sheridan, Wyoming. Hey, small town, but cool. During Super Bowl Fifty, had a whole news article and everything. Wow. But my guess. His favorite memory is going to be going to Super Bowl 38, watching John go out on top. My second tattoo is on my forearm, and it's of the current full horse logo. Drake, really quick, if you did, if you didn't catch it last time, he has three Broncos tattoos on his oh, body. So okay. he's, he's explaining okay. that. And my third tattoo is the current logo on the same arm. I got it because the game plan is full. I got it because the game plan is a full Broncos sleeve. Woo. That's pretty dope. My wife's tattoo is a little more, bit more discreet. When we met, when we met, one of the big things that we bonded over with the Broncos football. So after we got married, she got a blue heart, love, orange heart tattooed on the back of her neck with blue and orange hearts on the sides. We have three kids. And all of them came home from the hospital in Broncos once. <laughs> nice. All three, two girls, one boy, love watching the games every Sunday. One of the coolest memories I have was watching my grandpa's band open up for a comedian, Carlos Mencia, in Red Rocks. As always, I, as always, rocking my Broncos gear got pulled aside by Carlos, and he introduced me to Broncos legend Rod Smith. Mm. was way cool to sit backstage in Red Rocks talking about football, Broncos, and just being with the Broncos legend just hanging out. My grandpa plays in a band with Rick Lewis from the Broncos radio. Next time, we can talk about the driving in Wyoming. Oh, boy. As always, <laughs> thanks for the great update. I'm a big Madden player on Xbox, so if you guys ever want to play, let's make that happen. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a just a huge community out here that loves Madden. I don't doubt it. I know at the office, uh, Brandon and Henry are uh, are oh, big. I, I know Henry is huge, and Rick Lewis is awesome. Th- thanks for the story, Nate. Great. That is, that is some true dedication that that you got going on. All right, Trey, yeah, since, no since you got the last one, I'll get this next long one. Next one coming in from Kentucky UDFA says, "I know in my first post earlier this week, I said I'd have a few questions for you guys before today's game, but honestly, you guys both crush it every day with the information. So instead, I'll just talk about the guys I'm looking forward to seeing play tonight." First, the obvious is Locke. As a UK fan, I got to see him play against us and other teams in the SEC a lot and was thoroughly impressed we shut him down last year, though. Hearing you guys talk about him making the right decisions and reads every day means a lot because at Missouri, he got pressured when he would force it and then he would lead to a lot of interceptions. But there's no question the arm talent is there. The mental side is what it seems is what he seems to be getting better at, and this is what I'm most excited about seeing from him tonight. Second, I can't believe this, but the first and second string center. Can we snap the balls cleanly? If not, where do we go from there? Do we start looking at centers from around the league? With all cuts not having to be made until just before the season, do you think we would even have time to snatch up someone from another team and get them into an elevated position in time before the season opener? Third, the most concerning spot for me is inside linebacker. 
I can't wait to see what all these guys do have to offer and what skill sets they each bring. Sorry for the long post and let's go Broncos. So maybe talked about Locke. Yeah, we did talk about Locke. Good points. Talked uh, about this is in making was better. Handling yep. pressure. So so. Yep. Talked about center. Uh, Connor McGovern looked good there. Yeah. Plan and is just to stick with him. You know, rather than going with an outside hire, you'd probably stay in house and give Sam Jones or Dalton Risner more snaps at center. Right? Wilkinson becomes the guard, Risner becomes the center. Do something like that if you really feel like you need an alternative to McGovern. Every game Connor McGovern is clean, the less and less likely that happens because you just get less and less time to to switch things up. Right, right. And then final question, middle linebacker. I think they kind of look good. Johnson impressed. Uh, we mentioned Josh Watson. We yeah, he came Justin in and had Hollins. a great quarterback hit. Boy, what really disappointed was Joe Joseph Jones. Joe Jones. Those, he, Joe and, Jones. And he got hurt early confused. in the game. Yeah, and he was flying around like that's my guy. I've been so high on him. I yep. think he'd be such a great fit in this Broncos D. Might be a serious injury too. So that'd be a big blow if you ask me. Yeah, the Broncos fear that he and Billy Wynn have partially torn triceps. So they fear uh, that. They're getting MRIs today, uh, according to people that I've talked to. And uh, if they fear that... Uh, that huge bummer, man. Yeah, that that can be one that, that's pretty easy to determine so that that would be a huge bummer all right wow long question after long question after long question this next one coming in from Iceman. dre you want to get you on me too let's do it hey boys i heard zach say wait until after the hall of fame game to comment after finishing this two hour and 18 minute six seconds hall of fame preview podcast 1 a.m on game day morning i decided (laughs) to join the eight kids that are already commenting as far as Locke, as Locke is concerned the gentleman that started the Locked On podcast network is Mr. David Lockie. Just tossing that into the discussion. <laughs> it's not why I'm commenting, though. Yesterday, I received my free Mile High Salute t-shirt. Oh, my gosh. How nice and soft it is. Ryan, you said it was going to be a soft t-shirt. You were 100% correct. Thanks to Allie and Lindsay and all of the BSN family for such a nice gift. I saw the enclosed offer and we'll be purchasing two more t-shirts from the merch. Love it. Beautiful. The total Bev and Breck Brew additions were very nice. I feel like now I'm ready to attend the BSN International Fantasy Draft Party on the 24th. Make it happen, Iceman. And Blake Street Tavern. Yes, do make it happen, Iceman. As your oldest listener, I hope to meet most, if not all of you kids there. Go Broncos. I will probably comment after we have football again. Oh, so Iceman, you actually are making it. Sounds like it. I love it. Sounds like I it. I freaking love it. You know what? Uh, th- th- this is going to be so much fun. And Dre, how crazy is this? That is this month. And you know what that means. I can't believe it. That means NFL football, real football, not this preseason eggnog, as uh, Ryan would call it, is next month. Next month, September, we are almost to the one month mark by the way ryan's doing it wrong you need homemade eggnog and that'll change your life homemade oz bro eggnog it's just like eggs and sugar man really easier to make than chocolate chip cookies yeah i don't know if i uh step your eggnog game up guys i don't that's all i'm saying what is it It, you you don't want to see or once you see where it's made once (laughs) you see once you see how the sausage is made what are you gonna see 
Uh, I don't want to see that. What are you afraid you're going to uncover? I don't want to know that eggnog is made with eggs. What do you think, <laughs> man? <laughs> you don't think about it. You just think you just think eggnog. Add some homemade whipped cream. Boom, you're uh, golden. Come uh, on. Home, homemade whipped cream is great. So I, 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 I'm kind of right in the middle. I go with a, a local company here called Royal Crest Dairy. Have you heard of them? Mm, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and so that's that's kind of in the middle. You know, okay. it's 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 you, you have to get it from from them directly. They yeah. come and deliver it in your milk box uh, from them, but it's not fully homemade. I'll I'll, I'll try I'll try okay. your homemade eggnog okay. though. Okay, here I'll take Swedish Bronco. I've taken a break from commenting do, during the real off season, but since it's getting hot again, I thought I'll give you a short but incredibly important one. What have you eaten in Canton? Any good fast food, or did you go to the more luxurious alternatives? By the way, thanks for the bachelorette parts. They were great. Okay, well, Ryan can handle that. Dre, one. would you be able to talk uh, bachelorette on this podcast? No, I watched the opening show with Henry. It was two hours, and I was like, boy, this is a <laughs> bit of a waste of time. I will say this. There was a guy who like ran a box store and he was obsessed and constantly talked about like boxes and was making box puns and I got a chuckle out of that. <laughs> so. I did the opposite of you, Dre. I held out until the very end and watched the final episode. I might have to do that actually. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm reaching out to my sources, aka Ryan, to find out what he's what food he's had in Canton to get you an answer because we are all about the people. And when we wait for Ryan, oh, wow, speaking of eggnog, yeah. Brent comes in, his eggnog comments at the end. But he comes in and says, you guys got me thinking about this Vic Fangio should coach in the box thing. Does any head coach do their coaching from the box? I can't recall any head coach doing this, at least successful ones. It seems like the head coach has to be on the sidelines to talk or yell to the refs, throw challenge flags, flags, etc. Just seems like his only option is to be on the field. He's obviously a great coordinator from the box, but he isn't a coordinator anymore. Yes, he isn't a coordinator anymore. Yeah. I, I I agree with you, Brent G17, but he's not coming here to be Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph and uh, he's you, not a leader of men, is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Vance Joseph was brought here to be the CEO to be that guy where there's no question he's on the sideline, to let the defensive coordinator call the plays, even though he's a defensive guy, and let the offensive guy do his thing. No, Vic Fangio's brought here to be a defensive coordinator, to, to, to control the defense, to lead the defense, to call the I plays suppose, on the defense, to do everything on the defense. He's letting Rich Scangarello do the offense. Now, Vic Fangio will do clock management, yeah. But Vic Fangio did clock management was he when he was defensive coordinator. Just ask Harbaugh in San Francisco about it. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think he needs to be on the sidelines. He led the defense from the box. He told Donatel who to yell at on the sidelines. He told his guys, you know, what needs to be done. So I'll, I'll find out about the rule about challenge flags. I, I mean, don't think that that would be. A, a, a mandated rule that it has to come from the head coach. My guess is it has to come from one designated person. Just make a Mike Munchak. Easy. Uh, eh, that's not a terrible idea. I think he has to be on the sideline. Come on. Why? He has to look his guys in the eyes when things aren't going right. He didn't do that as defensive coordinator. Well, he's not the defensive coordinator. He's He's got to do the game managing and everything. And, you know, those shots from above – a, you can ask Donatel, like, hey, what are you seeing? But Donatel's on the sideline. 
Well, they might need to change <laughs> that up. B, you can you just have your iPad. Like, look at that stuff. Look at the iPad. Vic has an iPad. I mean, he he I don't, should. I, I I don't think Vic is messing around with an iPad on the sideline there, Dre. I mean, I would suggest uh, get technology in your life, Vic. <laughs> also, Brent G seventeen says, "P.S. A gallon of eggnog has three thousand five hundred and sixty-four calorie calories." Hashtag bulking season. <laughs> you said it, brother. And we will actually get in. Uh, Brent Brent is giving us a little taster of some eggnog nutritional information. We're going to dive deeper oh, wow. oh, into boy. even more eggnog nutritional information. I think coming up here pretty soon. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Next one coming in from Broncos Sixers 1230 he says, I think Conor McGovern's snap problems have been a huge smokes. Oh, already read this one. Wow, uh, next creepy. one coming in from Ray Ray 40 says, Hey guys, just wanted to comment on that basketball issue yesterday. I went to high school in North New Jersey and my senior year, we went to States. Oh, in 2010, up oh, senior of high school, 2010, my brothers or my buddies were really good, but my coach purposely made sure the tall guys played ball handling positions in addition to center and power forward simply to facilitate their growth at the next level. Impressive by the coach. I imagine this is the case for a lot of good programs. My friend never made a pro or anything, but they were sick throwing down windmill dunks in high school and I'll never forget it. Much love guys still like my water over the Colorado water, but it's cool. Jersey out. Well, have you tried the Colorado water, Ray Ray 40? Maybe that's your issue. Yeah, Ray Ray. Maybe you shouldn't try, try the Colorado water, though. Instead of, like, dunking on poor high school kids and windmilling <laughs> on them, uh, <laughs> stay humble and drink some Colorado water, I say. <laughs> but, no, that's pretty cool. I know that um, I'm 5'7 and 3 quarters because I don't lie. I'm never going to tell you I'm 5'8 and lie <laughs> to your face. That's just not who I am. But yet I was much like I am now as a father. I was a, a chunky high schooler, then lo <laughs> lost weight in my 20s, and now I'm putting back up. Hashtag bulking season. And uh, I was playing power forward, and we were not a good program. Mm. So there you go. We did the reverse, and we were horrendous. <laughs> I thought so, you were going to say, you're 5'7", <laughs> working on your dad bond, and you can do a windmill dunk. I can do a windmill. Oh, no, I got you on the other side. Next one coming in from Jewel Flacco says, new shirt idea for the awesome new college coverage. A likeness of Christian McCaffrey lookalike Ryan Koningsberg. A big speech bubble comes out of his mouth roaring, go CSU Rams, would sell like hotcakes. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Anything where Ryan is forced to say "Go Rams," I like it, even we, if it's the L.A. Rams. We have had more requests of like our staff on T-shirt. You know, mm. obviously the more legendary people like Ryan and AJ <laughs> and what have you. So uh, I don't know. I mean, you guys are crazy enough. Maybe that'll happen at some point. Well, I mean, knows? you're you're wearing the uh, homegrown shirt right now. What if we just put your face on it? I was wearing my Vic yesterday. Oh, that's a good. I'm one. like the least known and recognizable guy, <laughs> so that that might be a bad idea. We could call you the Italian Stallion. That's hey, fine by me. And here is the information that we've all been waiting for from Burrito Chad comes in and says, per your request. Nutritional oh value of one gallon, gallon of eggnog. Calories, 5,488. He says another source claims it's 3,500, like our other listener said. Fat of 304 grams. That is nearly 900% of saturated fats. Wow. Cholesterol, 2,400. That's 800% of your daily value. Carbs, 
55, 550, which is almost 200% of your daily value. Sugar, 342 grams. Protein, look, there's it. you're proteining up right here. 155 grams of protein. Solid. And calcium, you're getting about 500% of your daily value. So he says, conclusion, if Zach drinks a full gallon of eggnog in one day, he will die. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair point, I guess. <laughs> but look at that. Seriously, bulking season, 155 grams of protein. You're pretty much telling me it's healthy. I, I suppose, yeah, without <laughs> protein. You've got a point there. You've got a point. <laughs> that is amazing. So don't drink a gallon of eggnog a day for the rest of your life. That would be bad. All right, Trade, let's fair. take one more break here because that was the end of our questions from pregame. Even though we warned you that we weren't going to be able to get to pregame questions, you guys still came in hot. Those were fun questions. We were able to relate them back to the game for the most part. But I'm really excited to get in to, uh, to the game questions, see what you guys have to say. But first, Dre, you mentioned it right before, BSN merch. Good stuff. Good stuff. New stuff coming in all the time. Yeah. And no better time than right now to get in. You get everything. You get $10 off your subscription. You get the free T-shirt, which is valued at $27. You get your choice of T-shirt. And don't be like Jake. Don't don't wait months and months until your T-shirt is gone. And you know why you don't wait also? Because you can't use Broncos camp forever. I, I don't know how long it's going to be going. Uh, probably through this weekend, I can guarantee you. Maybe through next week. Broncos camp's going for two more weeks. I can't guarantee that it's going to last that whole time. It's so true. make sure you go on bsndenver.com right now. Subscribe. Hit that code Broncos camp. I, I can't even list how many things you get with this. And, and like Ryan and I said, it's kind of offensive to me it's because true. you're ta- you're taking advantage of me. You're taking advantage of my company. Yep. Uh, and you don't really value me that much, but we value you that much. I want to get you this free T-shirt. You've your choice. Yeah. I want to get you the subscription. Of course, you guys are already subscribed to the podcast, but this gets you the subscription to the website, which gets you. Uh, it got you three instant articles from the game last night. Where, by the way, you wake up in the morning, you see, oh. I have three articles ready to read from BSN. I don't have enough time to read them. What do you do, Zach? Got to jump in the shower? Well, thankfully, my voice will read them to you uh, when you're in the shower, when you're getting ready, when you're in the car, when you're waiting for this beautiful podcast. Zach Stevens' magical voice to guide (laughs) you through his story. I, I I I embellished, but I'm not joking. You are outstanding at that stuff. <laughs> I appreciate um, it. Amazing T-shirts. Yes. These great subscriptions. Like, also, it's kind of like, what are you doing? You're not subscribed to BSN Denver. That's so 2017 of you. <laughs> like, get with the program here. <laughs> Who else is there every right. single day at camp? Like Zach and Ryan. No. I don't think many. I you see actually, a, lot of, you, a lot of these old guys are missing days here and there, huh? You're actually not going to get a, a pair of two that that's there every day. Facts. And facts right here. actual facts, giving you podcasts, giving you articles, the live tweets. You know, I had a few people reach out last night and just say the the coverage that you guys provide through BSN, through the podcast, uh, through through everything with BSN, but then also when I add your Twitter accounts to it, mm. they said they don't even need to watch the game. 
they they get all the information they need. That's what I do right now. The next film room's just going to be gifts of uh, Zach and Ryan's <laughs> timeline, actually. Uh, but no, speaking of which, expect some film rooms now yes. that some real some new tape is yes. out there for me. So uh, yeah, truly. And you know what I can tell you? Join the family in full, please. You know what I can guarantee you? You're not getting those film rooms anywhere else. And they are incredible you're going to be blown away if you're just joining us and this is your first season rolling with us you gonna be blown away by these andre film rooms they're they're magnificent they're timely you get them so you can talk to your friends after lunch the next day after a game and say oh you, you liked what Connor mcgovern did yeah this the snaps were good but you know he got pushed back it, it wasn't it wasn't an a plus type of game that's right. I mean, there's stuff like Vic Fangio and Rick Scangarello's scheme broken down for you already mm. on the site. Every new addition and draft pick broken down on the site yep. already. Like, what are you doing? Yep. What join are you the doing? Family. So use that code Broncos Camp to get in, join the community, and you. This is this is the most dangerous part. You get to leave comments. We already have 43 today. But you can make a 44 on the next one. You you yeah. can be that 50th. You can be the game winner. So make sure you get in. Let's get the 53, like the code. Broncos roster, game day roster. Watch what you're saying. It'll Andre. happen. It'll Watch happen. what you're saying, Andre. Oh, it's it's <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, but let's hit a break and finish up these awesome 43 questions. The Greg Mastriona Golf Courses at Highland Hills offer something for everyone. With a championship 18-hole golf course, the regulation 9-hole blue course, and two par threes, golfers of all skill levels will find exactly what they're looking for. There's a lot of opportunities for families to enjoy the game of golf together here. as We do have multiple courses, all different skill levels, so it's a great place to teach and develop really a good way for families to you know grow their skills and enjoy the game together that was alan brown he's the director of golf over at highland hills if you're busy at work all day don't worry at highland hills it's never too late to start a round of golf well highland hills has a fantastic pay for what you play program it is designed for the player to play after four o'clock or five o'clock in the evening and you check in you play as many holes as you can until dark and then you come into the pro shop and we give you a rain check for any holes you don't finish we also do a really fun event glow golf on our par three golf course one time a month 25 dollars no cart but we give you glow balls it's a fantastic way to have some fun with friends and get out and enjoy the nighttime and the summertime here in Colorado. To learn more and book a tea time, head over to GolfHighlandHills.com today or call them at 303-428-6526. Welcome back into the BSM Broncos podcast. Zach and Dre, Dr. Dre on the pod. Join us today. You want to give us a little sample of your rapping abilities, Dr. Just call Dre? me Draymond Jones. <laughs> there we I, go. I'm, Dr. Draymond. I have my doctorate in other fields, <laughs> not, uh, not spitting bars, that's for sure. And uh, this next one's a fun little thread. Steve Atwater says, Steve Atwater Hall of Fame says, and remember, this is not me saying this. this is Steve Atwater Hall of Fame says, can we all have a moment of silence for Brendan Langley's career? Ouch. Mr. Freeze comes in and says his career has been silent oh, enough. Steve Atwater Hall of Fame says touche. And then True Champ Fan 24 says, if they don't read this burn on the pod, I may just have to stop listening <laughs> because that is high quality stuff right there. <laughs> well done. Of course, of course we're gonna read this for you guys. That was that was high quality stuff. Yeah. We we kind of talked about it. And without saying his career's over, I think we said his Broncos career. 
is over. That's right. That's right. Maybe as an Isaiah McKenzie type renaissance somewhere else. It's nice to know that those were four comments right there. Exactly. So exactly. boom, knocked and, them out. And easy you know breezy. what? This next one falls right into it from Jared Fry says, I'm just here to talk about how sloppy the special teams return unit was. Mainly players running into each other during punts. Hopefully it gets cleaned up. It's a concern for sure. Yeah. The return game just keeps not looking good. And I think it's a good point by Jared to mention to, to you know, when, when we're talking about the returners, it's, it's not just, you know, Nick Williams is going to make this, you know, uh, an efficient return game, but not an explosive one. It's not just the returner. It's, it uh, is the blocking right for him. So that's something we'll definitely keep our eye on. Really good point. Jared Fry. Next one coming in from Oklahoma Bronco 58. He says, do you think Fangio should have let Locke show what he's got in the two-minute scenario at the end of the half? Felt like that would have been a good way to see what Drizzy Drew had when it comes to the clutch game. I know it's early, and I'm a huge believer in the Locke hype. I just want to see as much of him as I can. Here. Yeah, it, it is fair, but remember, it was his very first game. Do you want to throw him in a situation, a, a tough situation, a, a, sure. a drizzly situation, mm. as Oklahoma Bronco 58 would say? I would have been so okay with it. Yeah. But taking a step, and, and I understand why you want to see that. I would have loved to see it. Fans would have loved to see it. Big time. But from a coach's perspective, I understand why why they're playing it slow, just like they are with Drew. They're, they're taking it really slow Yeah, with them. baby steps, that's e- for sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Next one coming in from Lone Star Bronco. Here's quick six quick takeaways. He says, one, Malik Reed is a stud. Yes, he is a stud. He tore up not just the fourth quarter, the third quarter, the second yeah. quarter, the first quarter. He was in there. And just a reminder, a plug, hit that code Broncos camp to read the articles that we put out last night, the ones that are coming today, the ones that are coming this weekend, uh, and and all the rest of training camp, because I I dove into Malik Reed mm-hmm. uh, on my seven standouts. He's a guy. If he plays that way throughout preseason, it's a guy you're going to have to keep. He's going to plant uh, Justin Holland, huh? Or could. Jeff Holland, sorry. He, yeah, he he could, or they he could force the Broncos to say you got to keep five outside backers. Mm, I'd like that. Or if you want to see college tape broken down of Malik Reed, go to our <laughs> undrafted free agent film room. That's also on the site. And so. you won't be surprised after reading that why Ryan and I were so high on him. Yep. Because of a very positive review coming from our guy, Dre. Two, he says, Draymond Jones looks studly also. We agree. Three for Mr. B. Four, Cravens had a showing. You know, he he had a few good plays. There, there were also a, thing, a few things that he could improve on. Fair, fair. Five. Playing as a true safety, nice to see that from Cravens. Exactly. Uh, great tackle for a loss yep. and did a nice job coming all the way across the field to push a guy out of bounds with a really like uh, studly tackle, as Lone Star Bronco would say. Exactly. He says five for Flacco. Just kidding. Offensive line starters looked good. Yep. Agree with you there. Six, preseason overreaction alert. Kalfani, Kalfani Muhammad has to make this team. And I want to see him return punts. Okay, we didn't really dive into to Muhammad. What do you no, think? No, we didn't. Definitely one of the standouts of the game. Intriguing how well he did as a receiver because maybe the passes didn't always hit him, but he's getting open in the running game. Yep. Looked like the best of the group we saw yesterday, both running inside and outside, and showed some of that quickness and speed getting outside. Uh, I thought his vision was decent, so an impressive showing for sure. Yeah, I I like Kalfani Muhammad, and, and I think... 
more advanced reading his blocks than Devontae Jackson. Yes, yes, who's yes. More entertaining to watch. But yeah. clearly Mohammed is like gets things done. Yeah, exactly. And it's because he's not a rookie. A lot of people think he's a rookie. No, he's a uh, he was an undrafted or seventh round pick out of twenty seventeen. Uh, and has bounced around the past two years, but but he's kind of showing that that he has that experience in the league. Love, love, love what I saw from him last night. And if if he continues to play this way, which is you know over seven yards per carry average, so that's a huge if. But preseason it could happen. If he continues to play this way, then yeah, he you're gonna have to keep him on the roster if you want him in the organization. He, yeah, he's not yeah. he's not going to slip to your practice squad then because people are going to say I need this shifty small back. The Broncos don't don't have to say they need that because of not just Philip Lindsay but you know Theo Riddick getting him as well. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Next one coming in from Willie Thomas says, "Yeah, Locke definitely needs a year." LOL. Debut was Paxton esque. Hmm. On the bright side, defense is going to be good, and I like that offensive scheme. Lindsay and Riddick are going to have. Big plays on those wheel routes. Starters on the offensive line looked good. What were your biggest takeaways? I think we already got to the biggest takeaways there, Willie Thomas. But I want to go back to Drew Locke. Was it Paxton-esque debut? I mean, geez, Paxton actually played his best games in his debuts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So in a sense, uh, Paxton looked even better. Uh, No, sure, a little harsh, but... Yeah, sure. I mean, I the thing is, harsh. maybe it was less flashy than a Paxton debut, but more uh, more reliable, better decision making and, you know, um, improving in the areas that he needed to improve in. One takeaway I didn't give. And since we're being asked, yes, I'll give yes. it now. Quinn Bailey, third string right tackle. Really liked his <laughs> run block before uh, the, the very first thing you said to me when we walked in was well, you were so pumped for this pod. Because you had a lot of third-string offensive line takes. Those third-string tackles look good. John Leglu, too. Pass pro and creating push for the run game. Really impressed. Do you like both of them? I like both. I think Quinn Bailey looked a little better as a run blocker. Maybe some some upside as a guard. So is is he making the team? I mean, I doubt it, but... Maybe he's a no, stash. I'm, I'm, I'm not being. I'm not. I'm not trying to be Maybe silly. Maybe stash him as a practice squatter. Okay, I, don't know. I love that. And and I'm. I mean, I'm they are lacking what? in depth. Maybe you're right. Maybe he does have an outside shot to make the team. That that's exactly it. Because Ryan and I, yeah. Ryan and I got down to seven offensive linemen, and this is an unfortunate thing to say. We weren't cutting anyone. We were like, who the heck do we add for the eighth? Yeah. Who the heck do we add for the ninth if they're going to keep nine? We were like. Obviously, they're not going to keep seven. We have to get this up to eight, and we just did not know who. Yeah. So you're going to have to be our eyes on that. Okay. Well, uh, keep an on, eye on, on number 75 in camp now. I love that. I love that. And here's what I'll say about a Paxton-esque debut. Drew Locke, I thought, had two Paxton-esque plays. He had the interception that the, the, the should have been interception, but the Falcons should have caught it. And the other one was when he, he freaked out. He freaked out, heard footsteps in the pocket, pulled the ball down. Like I said, that was a bad play yep. entirely on Drew. The offensive line gave him enough time, did what he needed to did did what they needed to do for him. That was a Paxton play. It's called the Paxton play because that would be Paxton's play every time or every other time. He he would he would do that all the time in practice too. Yeah. In practice and seven on sevens, he would do that. Drew Locke doesn't do that. In practice, Drew, I, I haven't seen him have a play like that once in practice. When he pulls it down, he's either running forward for positive yards and it's a good decision, or he's pulling it down to get out of the pocket to then throw the ball. 
Right. Paxton did it all the time in games, did it all the time in practice. That was the only time I've seen that happen. So like I'm, on seven on sevens, Paxton was right, doing this. Exactly. You can't, you can't yeah. do that. So that's why I'm saying he looked like a rookie making his debut. I'm sure, I'm sure number one overall picks have done that in their debut as well. Right. Right. All right. Next one coming in from Dan Burke. He says, got her. Read the whole thread starting with oh, run, Phil. Run. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here, I'll, let you, I'll let you get the first one. Hey guys, why was there so much pressure in the face of Hogan Locke whenever they ran a bootleg pass? Atlanta had plenty of clean looks off the boot. However, it seemed like the defensive end was always right on top of our QB when he was coming out to fake the handoff. Thanks. Mr. Freeze responds, that's called bad offensive line play and bad backup offensive line play and bad third string offensive line play, etc. <laughs> And then I scrolled down too far, so then what's the final part? Dan Burke says, Got to remember that Dan Quinn is extremely familiar with this offense after Shanahan ran it in 2016. This is a fantastic question. Run, Phil, run. And great response from Mr. Freeze. And great response from Dan Burke. About a week ago, Ryan and I had this conversation on the pod, and we were talking about this exact thing, how Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, uh, even the backups, were always in Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Kevin Hogan's face yeah. coming off boots. And I said, that is a concern. And Ryan said, it's not a concern. Because Von Miller, he said, Von Miller has been telling all of these guys, stay home on the boots. And I challenged Ryan. And I said, that's not a novel thing. Right. To stay home on a boot. You know, if the, yeah. if the quarterback has that lead on you could, you, could you track him down? Yeah. Are you probably coached to not? Yes, it's not like this is a Von Miller specialty, a Vic Fangio specialty, sure. a we've been watching this offense since OTAs specialty to stay home on the boots. No, if you're a good player, if you're a disciplined player, you're going to stay home on those boots unless instructed otherwise not right. to, like if you're in right. a dire need for a sack or something like that. And I was kind of taken back that like this was presented as a, as a novelty way. Sure. It was presented as a novelty thing to Ryan, uh, and, and then and then he he bought it. I think this is a pretty basic thing. And yeah, maybe Dan Quinn. I mean, Dan Quinn is obviously familiar with yeah, the, the right. Kyle Shanahan offense. Boots, play actions, those aren't novelty things. I think no, they are not. I think I think the the boot will obviously get heavily a, a, featured. It, it'll be heavily featured, and it'll get a lot of people. Yeah. There, there there will be, you know, a lot of times when Joe Flacco's running free, has all the time in the world. Yeah. There's also going to be times. A lot of times, especially in offense that features it a lot, where you should be able to coach your guys for six whole days before a game and say, stay home. Yeah. And uh, I think there's going to be some issues with that. So here's the – yeah. So what happens is they're not biting on the run, so then they're getting in the quarterback space. Right. Which is fine because then you should have that receiving target that's out there in the flats on the boot where if the edge defenders come in to attack the quarterback, then he's going to be wide open and you'll be able to pick up some easy yards. Yep. Part of the problem drops and those easy yard wide open passes were like behind guys. So they're having a stretch out to pick right. them up right? and it's not like hitting one of them in stride where then they can go gain some yak. Right, exactly, exactly. And to to be fair, in training camp, you know, there's not much threat of a run game. Yeah, you, you kind of know as a as a defense when a pass is coming, when a run is coming, so you can stay home a lot right. easier. Um, but 
you know, the the Falcons, we're we're gonna see in preseason that teams are gonna stay home pretty easy. It's yeah. just about making it's just about Flacco or the quarterback being able to turn quick enough without giving it away right. that it, that it's a boot, but also not turn too late where a guy's in your face. Right. And I mean, that's kind of the risk reward of the boot is, yeah, sometimes you're going to leave your quarterback open to seeing an edge defender one on one with no one there to block him. Exactly. That's how the boot's set up. He just needs to get rid of it quickly and take advantage of that defender coming at him instead of covering the flats. Exactly. Exactly. Next one coming in from your shirt. Andre, homegrown30. Love the name. He says, hey, guys, I was only able to catch the last 10 minutes or so of the game because of the time difference, and one of the first things that I noticed was the players that were held out. The Broncos, like Chubb, Miller, Flacco, and Lindsey, were all wearing their uniforms, minus pads, while the Falcons stars, like Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, were in, quote, street clothes. Is this part of Fangio's master plan to avoid death by inches, or am I reading into things too far? I'm happy to see the Broncos started this year off on a high note and that the trip drill by Winfrey in the end zone was ama- or the tip drill by right. Winfrey in the end zone was amazing. High hopes for the season as always and hope you fuzzy man peaches enjoy your Baileys from a shoe. Go Broncos. Wow. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Let's can, ma- make sure, Homegrown 30, to call Ryan you can a fuzzy that. man peach to him on the next comment. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Any insights on street clothes versus jerseys with no pads? <sighs> it's Is it a good look? Yeah. I think I think it's a good look. Shows you're united. Shows you you're a team. Is it death by inches? I don't think so. Are, are the Falcons going to be hurt week one? Week 14, week 17 in the playoffs because they were in street clothes in the preseason? I think so. Oh, you do? <laughs> you do? Tell me why. No, no. I, <laughs> I think you're on the right track here. Yeah, so it, it's it's a good look, not death by inches. There Unless you, you want to say good looks are death by inches. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, you look good, feel good, right? That's what they yep. say. Bronco Duck asks, to Hogan's credit, it seemed like he had the best drive of the night for us. I was hoping to see more out of Locke but still think he looked better than Lynch a few years ago. Yep. Rippin had a lot of poise. I liked what I saw from him. Winfrey is a monster. Dude looks big. The player that I got most excited about was Draymond Jones. Damn, he looked quick. I love how we came through in the fourth quarter. Football is back, baby. Ryan, what was the scene like when they announced Champ Bailey and Pat Bolin as Hall of Fame inductees prior to kickoff? I got chills. Mm, I talked to my sources. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Ch- Champ Bailey and Pat Bullens were were the loudest. Champ, I think, because it, it was him himself out there, yeah. was was the loudest by far. Broncos country was there in full force. I didn't even I I did not put the two together while the Falcons were playing in this game, until obviously, um, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. Oh, I guess I didn't figure that one out. It, but I mean, it's, that's not even like the most obvious. Because I, I, I just view him as a chief. Same, same, absolutely. Okay, yeah, I, I guess I hadn't made that connection. Oh, wait, speaking of kind yeah. of all of this, didn't you have uh, some hot takes about what was going on in the booth? Boy, so, some mid-game commentary? Michelle Tafoya, right? <laughs> she was killing guys. She's giving Tony Gonzalez, she's bringing up how he like, never won a playoff game, and she's letting Ed Reed talk trash about Charlie Cassidy, friend of the show, right, from the yeah. Kyler Murray episodes yeah. in the draft uh, period, and... I forget who else she was dissing on and just some 
some tough questions <laughs> for these guys that are here in Canton celebrating their Hall of Fame inductions. I uh, thought that was harsh. And then I felt like uh, Chris Collinsworth kind of ruined a special moment between Al Michaels and uh, the guy whose name I'm blanking on. But What was the moment? Well, you know, it's their like producer and the creator of Sunday Night Football who also said some nice things about Pat Bolin that were really insightful. But he was starting to talk about how special it's been to have guys like Al Michaels working in his life. And Chris chimes in like, but I want to back up for a second. <laughs> talk about your relationship with John Madden. And it was like, dude, they're having a moment. Like, wait a second. Jeez. So anyway, I mean, everyone's in in preseason form. You know? there's, there's nothing you could do about it. Chris, it's not just Noah Fant with the training camp legs. Right, right. <laughs> yep. he, he had the training camp brain for sure. Next one coming in from Lax Freak. He says, hey, guys, definitely got slow there for a minute until the turnover. I really like seeing we could get some points off a of turnover. My standout was Muhammad. He reminds me a little bit of Philip Lindsay. I like how hard he played, and I saw that after he had a few good runs, they pushed him out and passed him the ball to see what he could do. He caught it twice and was very good. I think he would try to push for the third running back if he keeps up. Thanks for all the coverage, and I look forward to this season. Fangio is undefeated. and You're right on that. My one question is, what can we improve on in the offensive or in the offense to help get first downs? I'll tell you what, catching the ball. Catching the when ball your quarterback throws it to yeah. you, catching it, not letting it hit the ground, that that's an improvement. Yeah, that would be huge. <laughs> that would have got him, in fact, more first downs for sure. Yep, and then, I mean, Kevin Hogan's stat line looks completely different. You know, he's 7 for 8. like Probably going for a score, even if it's just a field goal on that first series. What if he goes 2 for 3? They have 14 points. It, he may be done. You know what? There's yeah. probably no third yeah. series. He's probably, probably He's probably 2 for 2. With touchdowns, that would be something else for for a Kevin Hogan offense. Uh, and and Muhammad, I don't think he's going to push for the three with Riddick in town. I think what he's pushing for is to be the fourth running back that you have yeah, to keep. Right. Which the Broncos may say, no, we we don't need you. Any anyways, but that that's that's what he's pushing for with Riddick now in town. Holy cow, Dre! You want to get this novel? Oh man, down the gooch. We we can alternate. Hello. Now that there has been an actual football game, I feel like it's a good time to chime back in. My thoughts on the Hall of Fame game came down to four numbers. 33, 59, 39, 93. (laughs) All four of these players, Muhammad, Reed, Jones, and Johnson, looked great out there. I don't read too much into these preseason games, but I will be keeping an eye on these four players for sure. He says, before the season gets too far along, I want to tie up a few loose ends with the off-season discussion that have been going on. All summer long, I've listened to you guys talk about cooking brats, and not a single one of you mentioned sauerkraut. Utterly Mm. shameful. I can't even imagine eating a brat that isn't properly garnished with kraut. And Dre, before I let you continue with reading the comment, come on. Come on, down the gooch. The reason is, kraut's a given. I, ah. I feel like I didn't even need to mention ah, wow. that to you. Okay. You know, I it, if it if it's straight out of the fridge, you toss it on. Uh, if you put the can on the grill to heat it up before putting it on the brat, come on. And then w- when I put it on the kraut, I put it below, or w- when I put kraut on, I, that's how I do it. I put it below the 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 brat, on top of the brat, and on the side. I cannot get enough kraut. 
Wow, you surprised <laughs> me. I didn't see that so, coming. So I think I just saved us there from down the I gooch. I think so. On the subject of water taste tests, as a child, I grew up on a farm. I remember that sometimes the groundwater would come out of the tap cloudy and brown in color. Wow. Despite my family's insistence that there was nothing wrong with it, I refused to drink it. That suck, stuck with me my entire life. To this day, I refuse to drink tap water. Wow. As a Colorado native, I can honestly say that not all water in Colorado is great. But I'm, I'm glad that you found some that you enjoy. <laughs> Boy, that's, uh, that's It's not a, just like we're getting it from the right tap. It's <laughs> everywhere I've ever had it in Colorado. It's been good. <laughs> glad you found uh -oh, it. That's good. Uh -oh, oh, Mr. Brandon Spano jumping in. Let me jump in. First off, this is really weird. These guys are recording this podcast in the, in the dark. In the dark in the intern office. I don't know well, yeah, why the I, I don't here. know why they're doing this. Anyway, um, so I just moved to Highlands Ranch. Thumbs down on the water. The water's bad in Highlands Ranch. Oh boy. It really is. Oh, I see Dre has to turn the levels just, down. Like I just completely came in down. Come yeah, in here yelling. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, you got a you got a pro voice in here now. That's no. true, that's um, true. Yeah, dude. So I, I and I came from Denver County. Yeah. Impeccable water. Yeah. Denver County, Boulder County, um, Jeffco, good water. Yeah. Douglas, thumbs down. <laughs> bad water. It is wow. bad water. A county by county breakdown. And <laughs> Mr. Spano can do it all for us. It's I not Mississippi it. water, but mm. it is mm. it's still bad. <laughs> Shots, Mississippi. I don't think you guys drink out of that um, drinking fountain that me and Ryan drank out of when we had it last year's Bama Boys trip. Do you remember that when we all? Oh yeah, I did. At that place. Did you drink out of? That? I did. Was, I, I thought it was fine. I think you guys are all kind of kind of water snob. It was thick. Hey, some like, like them thick. You it know? was like clear. It was like gravy water. Um, for anybody listening to this, if you didn't catch my earlier reference, that's what the, our foursome, we call it, we call each other the Bama boys <laughs> since we go to Alabama that's true. once per year that's true. and it usually ends in some sort of New Orleans catastrophe. <laughs> also true. Yep. <laughs> and that's the, that's a great Brandon Spano making it. Oh, thanks. He, he turns off the light for us as we continue this podcast. In the I dark. mean, like Terrell Davis in his prime, Zach has a sensitivity to, <laughs> to light. So, you know, exactly. <laughs> got to take care of him. Man, some great insights. So don't go to Highlands Ranch. I guess so. Not for the water, at least. I've never watched The Bachelorette. Your glowing praise of the show has not changed my opinion. That is not <laughs> something I need to see. What a legend. That being said, I feel that I was able to view the show vicariously through Ryan's animated explanations of each episode. <laughs> what are you guys doing? So thank you for that. Okay, you read the, the final part. That puts a bow on all of my off-season musings. I am now ready to get into football mode and dig into the 2019 season. As are we. So here's his question. Was I the only one having sympathy pains for Coach Fangio watching that game? He was a trooper out there, but boy, did he look like he was holding in some pain. Every time they showed him wincing on the sideline, it was painful to watch. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. Here's the thing, though. I think that's just how he's going to look on the sidelines. I think next game you're going to say, <laughs> Oh my gosh! Does he have a kidney stone developing right now? Because he looks like just like he did the last game. That's just that's just kind of his uh, his resting face, as we'll call it. 
Wow, wow, wow. Okay, it's, I it's, love it's it. It's just the intense, tough dude face. I love it. Um, good, solid, solid comment there. <laughs> they Call Me Dad 3 says, Take a deep breath, everyone. Yes, last night was sloppy, but the Hall of Fame game is always sloppy no matter who is playing. Yeah, I, had, I thought I'll consider not too sloppy. It wasn't like a flag fest. It was just like no big plays whatsoever. Yeah. Very few like drives that were convincing. I know the Broncos held them to 10 points, Dre, but they only scored 14. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also turnover free from Denver, right? Yep. Aside, uh, offense was turnover free. Then the fumble, the muffed punt. Exactly. Take comfort and Vic the Godfather Fanjo. If he hasn't won you over by now, you haven't been paying attention. Vic is a complete badass that has brought the same badass mentality to this team. OMG, that defense. We have a lot of things to sort out, but Vic will get it done. With how sloppy our offense looked, two guys did stand out to me. How about RK's guy? Kal- yeah, how do you pronounce Muhammad's first name? Kalfani. Kalfani, okay. At times, I swear he's transformed himself into Philip Lindsay last night. Yeah, a little excessive. His vision and his ability to cut on a dime was extremely impressive. The other was Juwan Winfrey. His first target was a drop, but he showed off his athleticism by rising about surrounding defenders and then finished the night off with the game winner. Trust me, that was not an easy catch by Juwan. Found a way to haul it in. Yeah, what? It was a tough catch. Yeah, uh, no, no denying that. Yeah, I feel, um, I feel like, uh, I feel like you left this obviously before listening to the first segment, which understandable, it would have been impossible for you to listen. Would have been impossible. Um, but I don't think we're freaking out. About, no, definitely, ab- we would never about we the would team never. at all. Uh, we understand how difficult that Juwan Winfrey catch was, and, and Kalfani Muhammad. Yeah, I want to see, I want to see if it continues. He he's been there in training camp. He's been impressing in training camp. Mm-hmm. Let's he he needs to to get a true evaluation on if he should make this team. He needs to be playing with the twos and getting a few yep. opportunities with Good the ones. Point. Not because he's fighting for Phil Lindsay's spot. Not because he's fighting for Royce Freeman's spot. Not because he's fighting for Theo Riddick or Devontae Booker's spot. But to see. Okay, is this guy worth keeping around? Can he play right. with, the, with the big boys if needed? You're going to scream that from the mountaintops. The, <laughs> the, he's not competing for the one, twos, and threes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Next Final one. point, though, yeah. on Juwan Winfrey. Yeah, great catch. That should have been an interception. Juwan needs to do a better <laughs> job boxing that guy out. Yeah. Um, and also that drop to start the game, not great. Did like him as a blocker at points, but... You know, so what? The two targets you had, you dropped it and weren't in position. So right, right. Let's and settle down with the praise. That I think that's I think that's very very fair. The catch was great. Was right. great. It, it it makes a highlight reel. You know, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, being out of position, uh, the blocking and and the the drop pass. So right, yeah, we'll keep it real. We'll yeah. keep we'll keep it real here. That'll that'll to. be in the grades. It should. Next yes. one. Next one coming in from Illinois Broncos says, guys, what was with all the drops? I get it. It's third and fourth stringers, but it was still super frustrating to see. Noah Fant also wasn't too impressive from the short time he played. Juwan Winfrey at the end, though. Great heads up play. I think we've covered all that. Exhausted all that. Can't be dropping that stuff. I don't care if you're a fourth stringer. You're in the NFL. you got to catch everything. You're playing for your job here. And how do you improve drops? Well, there's no magic fairy powder to put on it you just got to catch the ball <laughs> pretty pretty much <laughs> and you That's know right. you, you know what there's one hope for because i think court and sutton is also going to totally frustrate people with drops 
The hope is that Deshaun Hamilton's got great hands, and Emmanuel Sanders has some of the best hands in the league. So he he when he's back, just because of his presence, you'll see less drops. All right, right, next one coming in from Mr. Freeze. He says, with all of my expert knowledge and insight into the NFL, here are my 35 takeaways from the Hall of Fame game. Well, this is a lot. He said, just kidding. I just have one question. Who is this Kurt Benkert guy, and who does he think he is making our uh, making our uh, prodigal son look bad? Yeah, Dre, who is he? Did he, did he make our prodigal son look <laughs> bad, though? Really? I mean... Was any did anyone leave that thinking? Boy, that Kurt Benkert, he is. Uh, I mean, I guess Mr. Freeze did, but outside of that, uh, Kurt Benkert, we watched him at the Senior Bowl two years ago. We did. We Out did. Of Virginia. He yep. was a guy who it was like uh, we were constantly confusing him with the Richmond quarterback, who yep. I'm now blanking on. Yep. Yep. My memory's gotten bad since Father. Yeah. Um my memory's gotten bad since So yeah, there you go. That's uh that's his deal. Yep. Undrafted guy out of twenty eighteen, you really missed on him. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I'll take uh Hogan Rippin and, and Drew Locke over Ben Kurt any I'll day of the week. I'll certainly take Drew Locke over Kurt Benker. And you know who else would? The Falcons would. If you offer them uh, Drew Locke for Kurt, I've, they would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Soundly run organization. Dan Burke says, Draymond Jones is a son. That's all. That's all. Hey, that, we agree, buddy. That's it. He needs to get. Uh, he needs to move up the depth chart next week. Agreed. Next one. Another one coming in from Bron- Oklahoma Bronco 58. He says, sorry for another comment, guys. I was just scrolling through Twitter, and I'm already seeing fans giving up on Drew Locke. <laughs> I understand he didn't have a great first outing, but it's literally was his first NFL game. Obviously, would have liked to see more from him. I just think it shows where he is in his development as opposed to where he's going to be in his career. I see too much hate toward the man after his first time playing. Also, not to mention he had several balls that were barely out of reach and multiple drops yeah i think uh again not cannot overreact on this game guys not concerned about drew lock one bit um li- liked what i saw uh from him and some of the things he did didn't like other things and as vic fangio said uh he's not where the broncos want him to be and they need to get him there soon which was kind of interesting that vic was saying we, we need to get him up to speed we, we need for him to be an nfl quarterback soon is that because Vic wants him to be the backup, or is that because Vic thinks he may need him at some point this year? Or Vic just wants him to develop and be the best Drew Locke that he can be today. <laughs> um, great coach speak there. I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah, but I th- we'll have to see what Vic's motives truly are. Yep. I mean, I'm sure as a veteran coach, he'd like to have that option and have some real competition with the twos and, you know, have someone he can he can kind of trust and get excited about in his backup role too. So Oklahoma Bronco, that is why you roll with us is because we're yeah we're not going to say Drew Locke is done and you should cut him after the first preseason game. N- not even like the the negative first preseason game. Right. This one it's, doesn't even count. It's week zero as yeah. they have in college football. There's always week zero and then week so, one comes, which is so weird. Always confuses me. Yeah. Next one from Iowa Bronco says, "Hey guys, new subscriber here. Welcome Iowa Bronco and." Iowa Bronco, you got your own little BSN crew out there in Iowa. He says, wanted to leave a comment and introduce myself. 
I've been a lifelong Broncos fan and beyond pumped for this season because of Reisner. I grew up in eastern Colorado and played in the state championship football game my senior year against Wiggins. It just so happens that I played across the line from Reisner. It's so cool to see a small-town kid have so much success. Keep up the great work, and I look forward to listening to you all year. Oh, that is, that is so cool. Iowa Bronco, how'd you do against him? Yeah, you know, exactly. The, the That's team? what I want to know. Did, What's did, the scouting breakdown? How'd you do? How'd you fare? <laughs> did did you did he pancake you? Did you personally yeah. beat him? Do we need to be suggesting you to the Broncos? Who won the state championship? Are you Draymond Jones? I don't scout high schoolers, you know. <laughs> so uh, give us some more insight, especially from Eastern Colorado. Definitely, definitely. Like I better Wiggins. step my Wiggins, game up. Wiggins is not five uh, A, four A. Let's just say. So true. Too true, Zach. <laughs> Too true. Next one coming in from Bronco. Matt, you got this one, Dre? Let's do it. Hey, guys. Feel so good to have football back, even though it was just a preseason game. You guys need to make a T-shirt that says winning has cured more illness, illness than penicillin. I said that in the first segment. <laughs> you did. <laughs> this coach is giving us so many great quotes. BJ's lasting memory is we had a good week of practice, which might also be a good T-shirt. My biggest <laughs> takeaway from this game, it's clear these guys have been coached in physicality i saw guys following through on tackles and attacking the ball if this was just the third fourth and fifth string i cannot wait to watch the first string apply this physicality to the nfl also anyone who is not subscribed to bsn you're missing out these guys easily have the best content in denver worth a nickel a day <laughs> thank you bronco matt that means so much and and so all of you other matt's all of you other Jakes that are out there waiting and waiting to subscribe, there there truly isn't a better time. Look, games have started. The preseason is here. We are one month away from the regular season, and you you got to know what this team's going to be. You want to be able to tell your buddy at lunch, no, 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 no. This guy isn't making the roster. Draymond Jones, not just making the roster, he's going to be, you know, have this much of an impact. Mm -hmm. And you can do that with us. We're just going to keep pumping out all the content and the end. You mentioned it a little earlier, Dre, but when the season starts, when games start right now, then you come into the fold like no other. Mm. I mean, you're in the fold. The draft yeah. time, you're amazing. All off season. Uh, and, yep. and then you pick up again so much. And it's just, it's this dimension. You bring this dimension that no one else has. No one else has. So you know what you need to do? Hit that code Broncos camp. Do it. Great point on the physicality, though. I yeah. saw it on defense. I saw it from the O-line even. Uh, the tackling from the secondary was quite impressive the linebackers were playing well obviously a nice job from the big uglies up front uh even on the defensive side physicality great point something we we kind of circled around but hadn't really um uh, pinned the pinned the tail on the donkey about yeah uh great point by broncos matt right there this next one kind of follows that it from ron pablo says hey guys did you guys think the offensive scheme and play calling by the offense or what did you think of the offensive scheme and the play calling by the offense last night? Did they help out or harm the performances of the quarterbacks, especially Locke? It's preseason. Play calling is pretty vanilla, right? As it should be. And, right, and right. Did I like the play calling? No, not not really. But do I blame Scangarello? No, because do you want to be giving away your whole playbook? Right. And also, you, you can't be using your playbook in week one. You have to be going vanilla because that's – all these guys know, especially the backups. The, the backups get the fewest reps of anyone. So in this game, I'm I'm 
I'm just going to put play calling aside. And that's what Vic Fangio said. Vic Fangio said he wasn't going to be judging Rich Scangarello on his play calls this week. He was going to be judging Rich Scangarello on the process of how plays are called in, on if there's a delay of game, which there was, if there's issues. And he wasn't really going to be judging him on that. It's, okay, now how can we improve this process? Right, right. Yeah, uh, too early. I certainly won't be writing a film room on the play calling from the first the Hall of Fame game. Brian, hey guys, Is this Brian it? from Los Angeles. Is this the last one? It's the forty third. Uh, we'll see if any have come in at the buzzer. Why was Zach Kerr playing most of the game? He was playing deep into the third. Is he on the roster bubble? What do you think, Z? A fellow Zach. Yes, and I love me some Zach Kerr. He is not a lock to make this team. Pretty comfortable, though. Pretty pretty comfortable, though. I mean, cause, so you have the starting three. You have Gotsis, Wolf, Shelby. Mm-hmm. Then you have Draymond Jones. Mm-hmm. All four of those guys, locks. No yeah. question about it, right? Is yeah. there anyone else I'm missing in terms of a lock? No, I think you're on the money with those. Okay, then I think Zach Kerr makes the team. He, he's your fifth. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Demarcus Walker, who... Uh, Demarcus. He's on the bubble, all right. We haven't talked DeMarcus. about him. Oh, we haven't hear, talked about him. Did you hear what Vic said after the game? No. DeMarcus, what are you doing, man? So DeMarcus makes a nice play. He gets a sack in the game, right? Uh-huh. How would you grade his game? Good, right? Fine. He was in the backfield a lot. Had this thing that I've noticed about DeMarcus since he was at Florida State. Where he's in the backfield a lot. He's always like a half step away from touching the quarterback before mm. the ball comes out. Mm, interesting. Closing burst is still like, eh, yeah, it's lacking. So he had a good game. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm g- going to give him credit where credit's due. Yeah. <sighs> Queen, after the game, someone asked Vic after the game, what did you think of DeMarcus Walker? And he says, well, he told me he had a good game. He's been talking smack to me after the game about how good of a game he had. Oh, oh boy! Oh to boy! Me it's, it's cringeworthy, cringeworthy. Oh, Demarcus, boy. you did have a good game. <laughs> Bad call, Demarcus. He, he he thinks he's the dude though. So, but Oof. he he's on the roster bubble. Yep. Um, and you know he's definitely trending for a roster spot right Deshaun now. Deshaun Williams is he the other guy in the mix? I thought he played pretty well. He could be in the mix. Billy Wynn. will we'll see about this injury with Wynn. See if it is that. Um. But I think those are your six defensive linemen right now. Pretty easy. Maybe Deshaun Williams makes some makes a push there. But yeah, Zach Kerr not a hundred percent lock, but he's pretty much there. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Number two is hate to say it, but the living legend himself looked pretty good on the defensive line. <laughs> Walker. So we the, we the got into that. Living legend. Uh, number three for Mister B. Number four, Bosby looks like a solid piece. Yeah, and I think Agreed. you did. I think you did a good job. Um, I think you did a good job pointing out that the secondary, there are a lot of guys that impressed. Impressive. From, from especially Sula. the corners. Yep. 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 Especially the corners. Loved what I saw from Horace Richardson yesterday. Yeah. And maybe Trey Johnson even more so. Yeah. Yep. Diving there, getting the getting the pick thanks to Draymond, Draymond Jones. Jones. Ding, ding, ding. Dre, we did it. We made it. We survived. We heard from you guys. We loved hearing from you guys. Uh, and boy, this has been a, a very fun one. I hope you guys all enjoyed the the Friday pod that many of you are looking forward to. A game, football is finally back. The Broncos are finally back. And Dre, Broncos are undefeated. Oof. 
Vic Fangio has never lost a game as head coach. I mean, you could have said that about Fangio <laughs> way back when. I wasn't going to end on the on that note heading into the Broncos' off day tomorrow. Expect the Broncos to officially sign Theo Riddick. Uh, at some point today, I wrote an article about him specifically, what he brings to the table, dove into all those stats yesterday. So make sure you go check that out. You know, I'll be watching film on him. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll find out exact because I heard some things that he may line up at slot more than in the running back. I'll find that out from you. Interesting. Officially. Love that. Uh, and so, so stay tuned to BSN Denver. Just, just because the the game's over and there's a and there's a off day tomorrow doesn't mean the content's not out here. And That's I hope right. you enjoy this this two hour podcast. I know I heard from so many of you guys uh, that you just loved seeing that the last one we had was two hours, and so I, I I'm honored that you like hearing my voice. This one's an hour fifty two. Two so. hours. So Ryan will be back. Oh, I guess I should apologize for it not being two hours. Ryan will be back on Sunday where we will be coming to you live, not live, but coming to you straight from Broncos training camp where they where they will continue for another three-day stretch before officially the first preseason game, week one of the preseason next week where they take on the Seahawks. Dre, loved rolling with you today. Same here, buddy. Love that the Broncos are back, and we love that you guys roll with us. Thank you, and have a great Friday. If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-US wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials.